You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer. And today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. Before we get started, we are two writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and we've been covering the Chargers now for over six seasons doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. I also write for the LA Football Network, and this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? First, let me just send a special thank you to everyone who sent in some voicemails for today's show. We really appreciate it, and today we will be getting into some really good ones, but before we get into that, I want to tell you guys that on tomorrow's show, we have a super special episode because we are going to be joined by Jim Nagy, who is the director of the Senior Bowl, so Five Chargers ended up going to this year's Senior Bowl. Justin Herbert was the MVP of the 2020 Senior Bowl. So I can't think of anyone else who'd be better to talk with than, you know, someone who actually got to see these guys dramatically raise their stock in some capacity at the Senior Bowl. So really, really excited about that interview. As far as today's episode goes, we're going to start with Joey Bosa because Pro Football Focus, one of our favorite sites, came out with a list of the top edge rushers, and Joey Bosa came in at number three. So we'll talk about that and also just talk about how important a healthy season for him will be for this Chargers defense because we all know Derwin James is so important. Joey Bosa is just as important right now for the Chargers to stay on the field, stay healthy for the entire season. So we'll get into that. And then for our voicemail segments, we'll be talking about some safeties, talking about if Earl Thomas could make sense for the Chargers and potentially some other free safeties that are still out on the market that the Chargers could potentially go after. And we'll also talk about three records that Justin Herbert could potentially break in the 2021 season and much more. But let's go ahead and get into it. Michael Peterson from Bolts from the Blue highlighted an article from Pro Football Focus where Joey Bosa, the Chargers star edge rusher, was named the third best edge rusher in the NFL. And I think it's nice to see David Joey Bosa getting that kind of recognition. I mean, As someone who watches him on a week-to-week basis when he's playing, there are so many things that he does where you're just like, where would this defense be without him? I mean, in the running game, as a pass rusher, I mean, the relentless motor, so many different ways that he can impact a game. And it's nice to see him finally getting some recognition. One of the stats that they used was he's the only edge rusher since 2016 with a pass rush win rate of over 20%. His is at 22, the next closest is under 20 so that just shows you know how much and how consistent he's been since he was drafted in 2016 and pro football focus you know if we're going to bash them on some regards we have to give them credit when they get it right like this absolutely and yes we love to bash them a lot because they say a lot of stupid things from time to time mostly about justin herbert (laughs) (laughs) exactly mostly about justin herbert which we still don't understand but this one Talking about Joey Bosa, they definitely got it right. I mean, Joey Bosa has been one of the most impactful defensive players in the NFL the last several years because he's such a complete player. He can play the run. He can obviously get after the quarterback. He can even drop back into coverage, which we don't really want to see. But uh, he is a very, very talented player, and he got paid like it. He's been a great player for the Chargers, and 
obviously incredibly impactful. When he is on, I don't think there's many other pass rushers that are better in the game. Yeah, and as Michael Peterson points out, I mean, he can totally take over a game. He had three sacks last year against the Bills. That poor sack on Matt Barkley. Man, he loves playing against the Bills, man. Yeah, I mean, you have the Nathan Peterman game where he was a reason for a lot of those interceptions. Last year, you have him actually taking the soul of Matt Barkley when he had the bad (laughs) luck of having to go on the field for one snap and just gets absolutely cremated by Joey Bosa. Oh, man. There is another thing, though, that goes with that because he was dominant in that game. But as Peterson notices here, the rest of the games he had, the other 11 games he played in because he did miss four games, he only had four and a half sacks in those 11 games because he had nagging injuries through the entire season. So I think, David, as much as we're excited because him matched up with Brandon Staley, I mean, I think is a match made in heaven. Brandon Staley absolutely needs to have a defensive star like that on the field, I mean, at least to get the full extent of his defense. And he is that guy for the Chargers. If he can stay healthy, I mean, it'll just be so important. I mean, obviously, he played in most of the games last year, 12 out of the 16. But even the weeks in between, he wasn't quite right. And that will just be so important for this season and this Chargers defense. Yeah, because, I mean, you saw him battle a lot out there. I mean, really try his best to give his team everything that he had. But it was also clear that he was not 100% for a large portion of that season. But that's the type of player, the type of person, the type of character that Joey Bosa possesses. He's going to go out there and try to give it all he's got. But two things. I mean, when he's healthy and also when he has somebody next to him that can help get after the quarterback as well and give him more one-on-one opportunities, that's really when he's at his best. Uh, and I'm hoping with Brandon Staley in this new defensive scheme, they're going to blitz more often. I mean, you got to give Joey Bosa more opportunities to pin his ears back and get after the quarterback and also send a couple other guys. I mean, send some corner blitzes. I mean, that all of that is going to help Joey Bosa be more effective. And of course, if Derwin James is in the back end, I mean, that's another guy who can blitz really effectively as well. So, I mean, if he stays healthy and the guys around him get after the quarterback at a more successful rate, that's going to make Joey Bosa that much better. Yeah, it will. And the nice thing about Brandon Staley's defense, too, is he doesn't have to blitz to get pressure, right? And going into every game as the defensive coordinator of the Rams, you know that the offensive line, the offensive line's number one rule is to not let Aaron Donald get to the quarterback, right? So finding out ways to double team him and all of those things. But Brandon Staley kept him productive, kept putting him in positions to succeed. Obviously, a lot of that's Aaron Donald just being a freak, but at the same time. Every team knows it's coming, and Brandon Staley got a full season of figuring out how do I line up my pass rushers, where do I put them, how do I set this alignment up defensively to get him into an advantageous situation. So I have no doubt he'll be able to do that with Joey Bosa. It's just, are you getting 100% of Joey Bosa? And I think the one thing that will be most important, obviously, you know, the nagging injuries. I think at one point we saw him with like five injuries on the injury report. One oh, week. That was ridiculous. And man. he ended up still playing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just crazy how many different things he was dealing with last year. But the scariest thing is the head stuff because he had mm. two concussions in 2020 and he hadn't really gotten a concussion in the NFL before that. So for him to have two of them, so close together in the same season, I think is scary because Joey Bosa loves football as much as anyone. You can see it in his play style, but he's also a really smart dude. I mean, if those things stack up, you have to make some really, really tough decisions. So I think his for his mental health, he said last year how it hit him really hard when he got those concussions, dealt with some depression and things like that. 
for him to stay right. I mean, he has to stay clean. He has to limit those big hits to his head. And that, I think, will lead him to a mostly healthy season if everything works out. But that's been a story for his entire career, the injuries. So if he's able to stay on the field for 16 games, if Derwin James is able to stay on the 17. field for 17 games, Jesus Christ, it's still going to take on, some Dan. time getting used to. But if he can, I mean, I'll take 16 too, though. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah. I'll take. I'll 16 definitely for, take 16 If you sure. sign me up for 16 games with Derwin James, and Joey Bosa, and I get him in the playoffs. Please, Lord God, make that happen. I would sign up for that every day, even knowing that there was no chance they made it through the entire season. 16 games for both of those guys. Sign me up any day of the week. But we do have two more segments to get into because you guys brought it with the voicemail. So in the next segment, we'll be getting into the safety position for the Chargers, something that's been talked about a lot on this show, and some options to potentially fill that void at the backup position coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that with the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all of the parts that you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why go into a chain store and have the guy at the computer try to look up your car and find the right part for you when you could stay home and use rockauto.com? Not only does rockauto.com have one of the best inventories around, it has a bigger inventory than any store you're going to be able to walk into. The convenience factor is real because you can get it delivered right to your door and for me most importantly as someone who doesn't know a lot about cars they make it so easy to find the part that you need i mean literally it only takes a few clicks to find the part that you need and you're going to get it at the best price because whether you're a mechanic or a daily driver rockauto.com always has the lowest prices for you and right now whether you need motor oil new carpet or even tail lamps you can get it at rock auto so just go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts they have available for your car or truck and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. All right, guys. Well, we are going to be getting into our voicemails. But first, if you guys don't know the number and you want to get your voice on the Locked On Chargers podcast, just call into 323-524-7924 because we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. Just call the number. Wait till it gives you a voicemail, and then you guys can leave your question for us, and we'll get to it on the show. But one of the if you could be in a quiet place, that would be preferred. <laughs> we would love to get that good quality on our show. That way, we can play all of your voicemails. So please, if you could do that, we'd really appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, there have been some we couldn't play just because of a lot of a background noise and stuff. But week in and week out, when we do these, you guys always bring it. And today, one of the focuses is on a position that we've been a little bit concerned about here. And that is the safety position. So let's get started and let's hear what Dan from New York, New York has to say about a potential safety the Chargers could bring in. Hey guys, this is Dan from New York, New York. Uh, just appreciate the, sh- the show, new new fan. I was uh, wondering whether Earl Thomas would be a good addition since Chargers need free safety help. He's been available while he might have been too expensive last year. Maybe this year since no one come calling and maybe he's learned some humility who knows but uh just wanted to get your thoughts on whether you guys spoke about Malik Hooker but whether uh Earl Thomas would be a good addition across from Derwin James even just for depth uh open to hear from you uh both up well first let me get this uh, out first if you did bring in Earl Thomas you'd make your secondary more talented right I mean that part is not up for dispute but David I mean with the off the field baggage that we've seen from the last couple of years it doesn't make it seem like the talent is enough 
to override some of those things, especially with the Chargers. Absolutely no chance that the Chargers give this the even the light of day. They're not even going to touch this with a 10-foot pole. They never have ever made any exceptions for players with off-field issues. And Earl Thomas, with all of the God-given talent that he has been given, he has had several off-field incidents in the last couple of years. Issues with teammates, issues with indiscretions. I mean, the list goes on and on. There's no way, no how. It's never going to happen. Yeah, and I felt for him in Seattle because he didn't get that extension. He ends his time there flipping off Pete Carroll on the Seahawks sideline. <laughs> then with the Baltimore Ravens, he gets in a fight on the field, right, and then ends up getting cut a couple days later. For what happened off the field, I mean, that's not necessarily something. It's not like he really broke any big laws or anything like that, at least regarding, you know, the reports that him and his brother, you know, were both with different women. The wife came in. Held him at gunpoint, held the gun to his head. That's just a crazy story, man. I mean, yeah, that's that, less than ideal. Less than ideal. I mean, if the Chargers could do that, and I think to some extent, you have to make some exceptions as far as you know. Are you just trying to be the best football team possible, right? But if Dallas doesn't want him, and you know how much they need secondary help, I don't think anybody's touching this dude, unfortunately. But there are very few options out there, and Bob from New Jersey wants to know. Who could make sense for the Chargers? Hey, guys, what's going on? This is Bob from New Jersey, first-time caller. Um, first off, just want to say thanks for doing the daily podcast on the Chargers. Most teams don't do daily uh, podcasts, and it's just nice to get a, a few minutes on Charger updates every day. kind of helps keep us close to the team, so I want to thank you guys for doing that. Really enjoy the show. Just had a question, something you guys have talked about quite a bit, is what's going on at safety in terms of depth? Really kind of want to get your thoughts in terms of Who's still out there from a free agent standpoint who they could possibly pick up, maybe get like your top two or three guys each so we can kind of see like what those guys are up to. I know obviously Malik Hooker is a big name that's been thrown around and if he's healthy, he'd be a great addition. But really just want to kind of see what you guys are thinking because clearly you got two guys that are starting that have major injury uh, issues over the past and two guys behind them that have really no business being in the game. So there's got to be a plan B. And I'm wondering if you guys know what it is and, and who those guys could potentially be that we could grab. Uh, thanks again. Really enjoy the show. Go Bolts. All right, David. Well, I'm sure as you saw, when you go to look up available free safeties in the NFL, it's not an extensive list. And it also <laughs> kind of canceled. You can't really bring in, you know, a Kenny Vaccaro or a Bradley McDougal. Like those guys are strong safeties. They don't fit. They the Chargers fit. have a surplus yeah. of that position right now on the roster. So, was there anyone out there that kind of caught your eye? We don't have to do a top three because there might not be three out there. But there, who did you, there really isn't. Who did you think would make some sense potentially? Yeah, so I mean, potentially looking at the list, I mean, we've already talked about Malik Hooker. I think he's probably the most ideal fit. Obviously, he has a huge injury concern. He's missed a lot of time in his NFL career. So, I mean, that would be like a take a flyer on him, uh, incentive-laden type of deal. I feel like he could help. I mean, yeah, he's more of a true center fielder type, and Brandon Staley is going to deploy a split safety look, but I think he'd be a, a good depth piece there. I'd say Trey Boston maybe too, old friend alert, uh, former Charger, Carolina Panther. I mean, he could still play. I think uh, he'd have to come in and be a backup. And then I wouldn't be surprised if you see some familiar faces like Jaleel Adai or Jalen Watkins. But, man, the, the cupboard is barren there, Daniel. There is not a lot out there, man. Yeah, and I know he said outside of Malik Hooker just because that's you know something we have talked about. And, obviously, the concern with injury there is pretty high as well as the other guys for the Chargers. But 
Trey Bonson, he still has played decent, but the missed tackles, which were still a thing with the Chargers, have continued since he left. And I think that's the thing that would concern me the most. And I don't know if I want to take another Trey Boston trip, but for depth, you know, I would understand it. There are a couple guys that stood out to me, a couple of older guys. One was DJ Swearinger, who was playing pretty well as recently as 2018. I mean, that seems like a long time ago now, but last year with New Orleans didn't play a ton. I don't know if you could reclaim any of that, but another one that stood out was Michael Thomas and not, you know, the one that Joe Lombardi was just (laughs) coaching, but he's a safety that spent a lot of time with the Giants and the Dolphins. The main thing about him is he has played an adequate safety. Like he's a guy that can come in and spell guys and play in smaller roles and things like that. And I think at this point in free agency, that's probably what they end up bringing in. The other part of it is he made the 2010s all decade special teams team. And he also nice. is a 2019 special teams pro bowler as well when Corey Littleton couldn't play. So I think that it's a guy who would bring in, you know, solid service at the position, but also potentially help you on special teams. And when you're a backup safety, you got to make your weight and, you know, doing other things as well. And he could definitely contribute in that area. So I want to get to one more here in this segment. Let's go to Kirk from Nebraska and see what he has to say. Hey, this is Kirk from Eagle, Nebraska, a huge Chargers fan for many, many years. Hey, I got a question for you on the um, draft and drafting classes and draft classes and all those things. When we think about, like, what's a successful draft class, not every player is going to hit. You know, we were talking, I just heard you guys talking about some of the players that we missed on. What is a benchmark for a draft class? Like, what would you guys consider you know, to be a good draft class, like one starter, one pro bowler, two players out of seven, three out of seven playing. What do you consider a benchmark, basically, is what I'm asking. So, anyhow, any insights you have on that would be great. Thanks. So this is a very subjective question, and I 100% agree with the thought process of you're not going to hit on every pick. I mean, even the, you know, Dean Feeney, Forrest Lamp draft class, like, in that draft class, some of those guys didn't live up to expectations, but you got solid contributions out of a seventh-round pick in Isaac Rochelle, sixth-round pick Sam Tevy, Dan Feeney, Forrest Lamb, both starters. So, like, you got decent. I mean, Daz King, too. Yeah, I mean, Daz, for sure. I mean, it wasn't a terrible draft class. Even with, you know, Derwin James, him, Uchenna Nuwosu, there was contributors in that class. And I think for me in my draft class, I want you to, especially in the first round, if you're picking in the top ten, I want a Pro Bowl caliber player to start. And I think Tom Telesco gets a little bit of leeway because he has made some star picks in the first round, right? Especially Justin Herbert, Derwin James, Joey Bosa. Like, none of those guys have just been an immediate bust right away, even if they weren't necessarily the right picks. But I think it's just too many guys that we've seen in these draft classes that just don't see any playing time. So I think for me in a draft class, you want to get two to three starters because you have to keep replenishing the team there's 22 starting positions you have to be able to keep that going without having to bring in a bunch of guys in free agency every year and at least you know two depth pieces too I think that's a good draft class and it also depends on how many picks you have as well yeah for me I'm looking at like one or two home runs I mean ideally one for sure two would be fantastic 
But, I mean, those early round picks, you really want to hit on those guys. But I think it's all about the depth. I mean, and that's where the Chargers have really faltered in the in the draft classes of the past. Tom Telesco hasn't really stuck to his mantra of signing or drafting and developing and re-signing his guys. They just haven't got a lot of development out of those mid to later round picks. So I think that's where it's been an issue with the Chargers. But I think that's where I want to see them do better in the future. And that's kind of how I evaluate the drafts. One or two home run picks and then depth pieces that you can keep to fill out your team. Yeah, and if you get, you know, solid starters, that's always good too. But I think there's just been too many guys that have gotten cut, you know, pretty early on in their career or just guys that seem to never even really touch the field. And it's just hard to say that's all Tom Telesco's fault because some of those things could come down to player development more importantly, right? And we're always and we've always kind of questioned that potentially in the past happening. So, I think that is also a big part of it too, but I think Telesco's had a couple of solid draft classes, but overall, I think it's been underwhelming. You know, when you look at the grand scheme of things, which I did in looking at every one of his draft classes and writing about it for the LA Football Network. But we do have one more segment to get into because we do have some voicemails I really want to get into about Justin Herbert breaking more records in his second season and also Easton Stick, trick plays. All right, we have that and more coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys, that betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and right now we have hockey playoffs, we have NBA playoffs, incredible games to bet on, and you don't really need the action on these games, but I'll tell you what, when you have money on the game, even if it's a close playoff game with a team that you care about, it's going to mean more when you have some action riding on that. And right now, you guys can get off the sidelines and bet with betonline.ag. It's the one place that we trust. We feel it has the best odds that you're going to find out there. And they're going to even give you some free money to bet with. They want you to bet so badly that they're just going to give you money to do it with. And all you have to do is head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked On. That's promo code Locked On, all caps, one word for a 50% deposit bonus at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, guys, well, we have some more voicemails to get into here today. And first, I want to talk about trick plays. So let's hear what Matt from Oregon has for us this week. Hey, this is Matt from Oregon. I just want to see what you guys think about uh, having Ethan Stick be the holder on special teams, get maybe Trey McKinney out there blocking, see what they can't come up with instead of, instead of always going for a field goal, you know, maybe some trick plays. Thanks, Mike. Well, first, let me just say that it sucks because on, you know, PATs and stuff, it's not close now, right? You're going to go for two and just line up in an offensive formation if you're doing that. But if you're talking about just going for a field goal, it's not a terrible idea to have Easton stick out there. But you know, I don't even know if he'll be, you know, active on most game days. I'm not sure how it's going to play out with this new coaching staff. But I'm definitely down for more trick plays, David. Yeah, I'm down for more trick plays, not really in this capacity. Uh, I don't really think it's going to fit with how it's currently constructed on the special teams, but mixed in, sprinkled in more in the games if they're set up properly, yeah, absolutely would love more trick plays. But in the past, when we've seen the trick plays, they've been so (laughs) vanilla, they've been so predictable, they've been so terrible. Yeah, I mean... They, they just they haven't been effective so and it's because they haven't set them up properly if it's set up properly trick plays can and do work we see examples of it every single year so would i like to see more hell yeah yeah of course i mean east and stick as the holder i'm guessing you know chase daniel will probably be the holder because they're the one he's going to be the he's the one that's going to be the main backup 
for the Chargers that'll probably be active for every game. But with this new coaching staff, maybe they can come up with something inventive. Because obviously, when we think of trick plays, we think of Melvin Gordon going back, you know, ten yards and getting injured against the Arizona Cardinals a few years ago on like a Rivers triple reverse. Philip Rivers playing wide receiver. Philip Rivers playing wide receiver. Yeah, believes that he's going to do that. I mean, he was basically Jay Cutler without his hands on his hips for the most part, and without the you know, cigarette <laughs> hanging out from his mouth. But I think that obviously trick plays are fun when they work, and you have to be ready to kind of take the heat if it doesn't. Hopefully, Brandon Staley is at least willing to kind of push the envelope in that regard. But we have a couple more voicemails to get into. So let's hear what Superfan Zach has for us this week. Hey, guys. It's Zach from Florida. So I was just reading a Bolt Beat article that explains three records that Justin Herbert could break this season. And he's already had a lot of records broken as a rookie. But these are three that he could that he could break. He only needs 3,860 passing yards to pass Andrew Luck for the most yards in his first two seasons. He needs six multi-touchdown games to beat Dan Marino's record for 15 multi-TD games. He already has 10 from last season. And then he could be the youngest player to ever have a 500-yard game. The youngest right now is Matthew Stafford, who I read was 23 years and 328 days old, which that would put it in February for Herbert. So anytime this season, he could break that record. So my question for you is, of these three records, comma, do you think he could break all three? And if not, how many do you think he will break? Just want to know your thoughts and bolt up. So, David, this is an article we looked at when thinking about what we could talk about earlier on in the week on a show. And for these records, I think Justin Herbert, I mean, probably has a good shot at all three. Yeah, I definitely think he has a good shot. I mean, if I had to put my money on it, I would say there's two that he's going to definitely get for sure. I think the multi-touchdown games is an absolute lock. I think there's absolutely no way unless he gets hurt that he does not achieve that one. The 3,860 passing yards, he'll definitely eclipse that too. I I don't think that's really going to be much of an issue if he's out there on the football field. The 500-yard game I think is going to be a little bit more difficult. I definitely see it as a possibility, and I just need to see how this new offense is going to look. But, I mean, is he capable? Yes. I mean, but if I had to put money on it, I'm going two out of three. Well, the other thing is, too, is the Chargers last year had virtually no running game. So they were passing an unsustainable amount. I think Justin Herbert threw like the third or fourth most passes in the NFL last year, and he didn't play in one of the games. So I think that's one of the reasons the 500-yard game would be the toughest on this list. And I think the other two are, yeah, not just attainable, I would say probable for those ones. So he's going to come away with a couple of records this season, but those two especially, and I think he will have a 500-yard passing game in the next couple of years for sure. It's just that's a really hard one to predict, especially if you have a good defense and you don't, you know, you don't need to keep going back and forth that much. But we do have one more voicemail we want to get into where Ivan from Victorville wants you to get excited about this offensive line. What's going on, guys? It's Ivan from Victorville here again. How are you guys doing? Hope all is well. <clears throat> Coming in with a couple comments uh, in reference to a lot of podcast here and there, people talking about the Chargers. Everybody's kind of skeptical about our offensive line, kind of giving grades. 
nobody really wants to come out and say they're going to be good, but you're talking about Ulaga. He, he was serviceable when he was in. Uh, we got Filer, which is, I think he's a dog, man. He, he comes from Pittsburgh. You know the type of football they play out there. He's going to be a, a mall, probably like a grinder for us, you know. And then we got Lindsey. I mean, dang. Come on. Top, top center in the league. And now Odia Bushi. Boucher, sorry, I don't know if I said it right, but that guy, he's a dog, man. And where he comes from, you can just see, you can, he has a swagger to him, you know, and then we put in a Slater, a technician. Our line's going to be good. Let's, you know, let's not try to try to beat around the bush. They're going to be good, man. <clears throat> I just want people to, you know, I know they got a jail. I know they got to work together, but these are, I feel like everybody's going to line really well, and they're going to come out and just dominate lines. So we'll see a week one. Now the whole Julio Jones thing, man, I, I want to get him. I want, I want to go after him. There's no reason why we shouldn't. I mean, besides the overcrowded room, but that's just gonna push those bottom guys to either you're gonna push or you're not gonna make it. So uh, I believe we can get it done. Uh, Tom Telesco has been very, very not himself this year, year and a half. So I'm thinking he's gonna come over. If not, I mean, I'll be a little sad, but it'll be all right. We got players. But yeah, man, tell me what you guys think. Look forward to hearing you guys' podcast. So, Ivan, we will talk a little bit about Julio Jones just to say, yeah, I mean, Tom Telesco has done some uncharacteristic things. Pretty much every uncharacteristic thing that he's done, though, is building the offensive line, which he seemed to refuse to do for so long. So, in that sense, I think you're right. But he's never traded his guy like this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Phillip Rivers. I think Phillip Rivers would want Julio Jones, too. But we've never (laughs) seen him pull off a trade of that caliber or anything close to it. I mean... Trey Turner for Russell Okung isn't trading, you know, a second-round pick for Julio Jones. But getting back to the offensive line, yes, this offensive line should be demonstrably better, like so, so much better than what the Chargers have had. I think when you're a Chargers fan or even someone that covers the team, though, you're apprehensive to just be like, yes, this is going to work. This is going to be great because every year we think that and then people get hurt. It doesn't look the same. So I think, you know, for us, we have the utmost confidence in the starting unit, that that is going to be a really, really good group of dudes. And I really like the additions that they made there. I think most of our concern, David, probably just comes from injuries. Of course. I mean, as far as the guys that are going out there, I mean, you feel better than you felt in years, in many years. I mean, the talent, the youth, the combination of those guys playing together had a lot of success in the NFL and in college for Rayshon Slater. I mean, you can't help but be excited. And don't get me wrong, Ivan, we're excited. I mean, we definitely want to see these guys go out there and dominate like we know that they can. But like Daniel said, it's the injury concerns and the the depth or lack thereof right now that scares you. You just don't know what you have in the guys that they brought in. I mean, you have the utmost confidence in the main guys. But if they get hurt, what then? And that's the thing that we've talked about the most is just the depth. I mean, Brendan Hymas could be one of the best depth pieces that they've had you know in a while and actually sets you up to develop someone for the future potentially but there's just too many questions you know with Trey Pipkins and what he's going to be at in his third season and so much more with you know Scott Questenberry who we haven't really seen since 2019 Tyree St. Louis who wasn't good so the starting guys yes I mean we are as excited as can be that the Chargers finally invested in it and I think they did it in a responsible enough manner to get guys who would fit what they want to do and I can definitely see that with the guys they brought in. And they've all actually had success in this league for an extended period of time. Something that Forrest Lamb, Dan Feeney, Sam Tevy, 
none of those guys had. I mean, Odea Bushi would be the least, you know, coming off of his best season of nine games. But still, you can see actual above-average offensive line play from these guys when you turn on the film. And I think that has to be the most exciting thing and the thing that Justin Herbert should be the most excited about for sure. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. Thanks again for everyone who called into the voicemail line. On tomorrow's show, make sure to check back in because we will have Jim Nagy, the director of the Senior Bowl, on the show to talk about the five Chargers that went to the Senior Bowl, guys like Brendan Hymas, Trey McKitty, and more. And we're super excited about that. But to make sure you don't miss it, make sure you follow the show wherever you get your podcast from, whether that's the new Odyssey app, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, even Apple Podcasts sometimes when they decide to put the shows up. You can find us there, and you can also find us on Twitter for me, at Dan Talk Sports and for David at DroTalkSD, as well as the show's Twitter page, Locked On LAC, where we love to interact with you guys. But that's going to do it for today's show. Make sure to check back in with Jim Nagy and us tomorrow to talk about some more Chargers draft picks. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.